I should just start with the news. The news doesn't come in and like talk. They just go. And that's, I'm pretending to be a new show, right? So we're a new show. Remember a few weeks back, maybe it was last month, a woman went on Twitter and she threatened to release sarin gas and kill a bunch of people. Uh, She was arrested. I mean, again, she used her own account, so she wasn't particularly hard to find. So when they found her, they arrested her. Turns out she was primarily an anti-smoking activist and a politician, but she had actually failed to be successful as a politician. I was interested in the punishment. That's why I kind of tried to keep up with the story. She threatened to kill people. She had no sarin gas. She didn't have the ability to do it, but she was threatening to kill people. So I guess just public threats. What is the punishment for that? Is it jail time? Was it? It's a fine. Turns out it's 300,000 yen. It's, let's say $3,000. That's a lot for posting a tweet. That's just really simple. Uh, vaguely just found that interesting because, yeah, we hear about the crimes. We also need to know about the punishments. I feel like I haven't got my groove. That first story was sort of the warm-up. And I feel that. I, it's, it's weird is how much of a skill this actually is. Time to learn some Japanese. I mean, you're here, you're interested in Japanese culture, you're interested in Japanese news. It's time to learn some Japanese. So, uh, Give you some context first. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom came out very recently. Before that, it had not come out yet. And that's when this story takes place. Please cast your mind back in time to before Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom was released. Some people really, really, really like that game. They really want to be part of that world. They've been desperate for a new Zelda game forever. So much so they're willing to go to nefarious behavior to acquire a copy of Zelda. So two people became part-time Amazon delivery drivers in order to, upon release day, be able to steal the game. Thing is, Amazon gets copies two to three days in advance so they can deliver on release day. This has got two terms. It's naibiki and uchibiki. This is when a company worker steals product from their own company. So these two men joined Amazon day or two before the release of Zelda. They grab a copy from themselves and then they disappear. So that's actually when it became very suspicious. So uh, they were both in their 20s. The Zelda release date is just around the corner. It's like a day or two later. And these two guys stop coming into work. The manager calls the house of one of the men. And he asks the parent, maybe I think this was the mom, what's your son doing right now? And she, says, oh. she says he's playing a game. And he sort of pressed her on that. It turns out she found out it was Zelda, a game that had not been released yet. Of course, he was immediately fired. He was forced to return the game and pay for the game. So he had to pay for the game he did not get to keep, which is kind of the appropriate level of kicking the nuts for for this kind of thing. The second man, he stole not only the game itself, he stole related goods to the game. So you get like, I don't know, statues and books and other things and t-shirts and stuff. He stole all that kind of stuff. He was found out. He was arrested. He actually admitted that reselling stolen goods was actually his main job. So if I can, the first guy basically return the game, pay, I assume, like seven, 8,000 yen. You're done. 
I am interested to see what the second guy, what he gets in trouble for, because it seems like a, a much more serious situation. So we have a 52, so we have a 52 year old man. As we've had a theme running for the last few months, at least, I think it's now we've hit like six months of 50 year old men getting in trouble. It's usually pervy stuff. This one is a non pervy 52 year old man who got in trouble, which is a, a breath of fresh air. It's refreshing for me as a 50 year old man to know that some of my uh, peers are not creepy. So it's not, it's not a, a single paintbrush. You can color the entirety of the 50 year old male uh, group demographic some of us i don't know about me i'm not talking about me some of us are not pervs still get in trouble though naughty boys this 52 year old man was arrested for uploading gameplay videos to youtube now that i stream i cut my gameplay videos into like clips and i upload clips of me playing these games so i was very interested in this story i was like what is this not okay can i get arrested in japan for this he uploaded three videos they were Steins Gate, My Darling Embrace, which is a game that was released in 2013. So you're like, well, it's a really old game. Who cares if he uploads gameplay of this? It was recently ported to the Switch, PS4, and PC. Now, the videos were monetized, and that actually puts you in a worse situation because he's making money off the thing he's uploaded. Uh, I don't. My videos are not monetized because no one watches them. These monetized videos contained the game's ending. And that's actually where it becomes a big deal because Steins Gate, My Darling's Embrace, is a visual novel. So essentially what he's done is he's taken a novel, uploaded it to the internet. I don't know if he speedrun it or something, but he basically gave away the ending, which the company is saying D incentivizes people from actually buying the game. So it's negatively impacting their IP if you post the ending to a visual novel on the internet. I actually agree with that philosophically. I think that's true. This is called uh, netabare. And netabare is basically the English translation would be like a spoiler. So because he's monetized a video that he's posted on the internet that has spoilers in it, the company came after him. This guy has also done fast content, something we've talked about before, so that you get a anime series or a movie and you cut it down into like essentially primary plot points and you post that like five-minute summary, 10-minute summary of the movie, of the anime series up to the internet. Uh, he had racked up 5.5 million views of his Steinsgate fast content and clearly he's going to be in trouble for copyright violation of some sort. Uh, again, I'm very interested to see where this ends up. I take off my hat for this one. 90% of experienced recruiters wouldn't hire balding people. Now, I, I understand pretty privilege. I did psychology in university a bit and I really enjoyed it. And it's something I took in and privilege, pretty privilege is something that we can't help. Uh, we like to deny it sort of on a, on a intellectual level, but the reality is Attractive people have easier lives. They have easier lives because other people, they want to be close to the attractive people. They want those attractive people to be happy with them. They want those attractive people in their lives. Current beauty standards, baldness and balding is not considered a peak trait for attractiveness. 
a company that specializes in thinning hair. So there's a little bit bias in this. Maybe I was a little, got to look into that one a bit. They did some research. They did some surveys. They had AI generated faces. So let's just pretend it's my face. They had a, a, my face with full hair, with thinning hair and with no hair. And they did this for a few hundred images and then they would mix them up. So you would see my face over the course of this process two or three times, but the volume of hair I have would be changed in each picture. These recruiters were supposed to rank whether or not they would hire the person based on what they're seeing. And it turns out that 90% of experienced recruiters would not hire balding people. Uh, They broke it down into sort of demographics, teens to 30, so this is really just 20s. 90% said no. 40s, so 30 to 40, 86.8% no, and 40 to 50, 75% said no. So as you get older, maybe you get more used to people being bald or you understand that balding is something they don't have more control over or you get more conscious or you're less affected by pretty privilege. I don't know, that's pretty tough. We wouldn't get all these 50-year-old men creepy stories if they weren't affected by attractiveness. 93.3% of the recruiters did say appearance is important. And I agree with that. I mean, you're presenting yourself to other people how you appear is really the first thing they're going to see. I I can't argue with that at all. Uh, It is just too bad because how much hair I have, I have very little control over. Now, the thing is, here we get to whether they were conscious of it. So that was, they were just saying, yes, maybe no, yes, maybe no on each face that came up, let's say. They weren't conscious of the statistics until after. So then they said consciously, does this matter? Does this not matter? 1.8% 1.8% admitted it was an influence. 16.7% said it did matter, but you know, not 100%. 31.1% said not much. 24.9% said not at all. And 25.5% were neutral. Which shows that their bias towards people with full heads of hair is subconscious and they're not even aware of it. So maybe if they can be made aware of it, they can make better recruiting decisions based a little less on appearance and a little more on skills and quality. But at the end of the day, pretty privilege is a thing. And a big part of pretty privilege is having luscious, beautiful manes of hair, uh, which is why I'm growing a massive beard, because it's the only way I'm going to make up for the difference. Talking about image and needing people and hiring and recruiting, the SDF, Japan's version of the military, self-defense force, Uh, They are talking about lifting the ban on tattoos because they don't have enough people joining up. So here's one of the problems of having sort of a strict society is you need people to do things. If people start doing the things that your strict society doesn't like, then you're going to like unilaterally declare them unfit uh, and not the right people for the job. But you might end up needing those people for the job. So over the last couple of years, the SDF has been reaching out to sort of otaku nerd culture by using like anime girls and stuff in their advertising, trying to push onto an untapped segment of the population. Now, nerds famously aren't particularly athletic and stuff, but let's face it, modern military, you might be flying drones and working computers and doing admin. You don't need to be particularly fit to do that. Uh, but at this point, there are other people who if they have a tattoo, the military is just like, we will not take you. One of the guys speaking in charge of the military said, look, there's a difference now between fashion tattoos 
in Yakuza tattoos. All this tattoo stuff comes from the fact that uh, criminals used to be branded and tattooed. And then after that, it became like a point of pride for the Yakuza to have lots of tattoos. And then they got into these sort of ornate ceremony-like tattoos all over their body. That's a thing. There's a different thing. I have a small tattoo on my shoulder and another small tattoo on my back. That is clearly not indicating that I'm a Yakuza. It's not saying I've been in prison. I got my tattoos in my late teens. It is what they're talking about is a fashion tattoo. I did it because I thought it would be cool. I wanted to be a cool guy. I wanted girls to look at me and go, ooh, bad boy. He's got tattoos. Ooh, kind of worked for a bit. And then that pretty privilege wore off. (laughs) Didn't work anymore. So there's that. And then there's also the declining birth rate in Japan means there's less young people. There's less young people overall. There's less young people to recruit into the military. If you can't recruit more people into the military, you need to broaden uh, the allowable offenses that they have done so that you can maintain a military. So they're really talking about saying like, let's let's put it um, very simply. If you don't have full body dragon, koi, demon tattoos that's not the tattoos we're talking about anymore what we're talking about is fashion tattoos those are going to be acceptable in the military going forward Uh, i'm actually interested because politicians being old and conservative i bet they're not cool with this but then you turn out you don't have a military to defend yourself from north korea they might change their mind pretty quickly on tattoos now this is another story about uh, posting stuff on the internet i actually should have put this at the beginning with the other one Uh, There are now, over the last year, they've introduced internet slander laws. So you're not allowed to go on the internet and just say shit about people that's not true. The thing is, this is a young man, 22, who wrote fake stories about a plastic surgeon. Now, the plastic surgeon is very famous. His name is Takasu. So you're going to hear, if you come to Japan, you'll actually see Takasu Clinic. Takasu Clinic. Takasu Clinic. They'll have that commercial. Now, this guy is very unique in that he's a Holocaust denier and he denies the existence of the Nanking Massacre. He says it's exaggerated, but I think we also know what that really means. Now, on the flip side of that, he's very rich. And during the 1995 earthquake, he actually donated a lot of money and he helped a lot of people. So is he a complete son of a bitch? No. But is he a good person? It's pretty much a no there too. It's tough because he is clearly just very pro-Japanese. And does that make him inherently bad? That's not a question I'm going to be able to answer because I've never met the man. So this 22-year-old posts posts some stories that Takasu had killed people in a car accident, which is not true. Uh, But people believed it and it was slandering his reputation. What do you get for this? For posting false stories on the internet? Uh, He wrote four total. He's gotten three years but 10 months imprisonment. So he's going to go to jail for 10 months right now. And he's going to be basically on probation for three years. If he gets in trouble, he actually has to go directly back to prison. So even if you're ripping on a piece of shit, you actually have to focus on the piece of shit stuff. So this is actually maybe how to, I guess it's not slander then. If he had written stories about how Takasu was a Holocaust denier, that's not slander. That's just, he said that you could actually cite the source of him saying that thing. And you wouldn't get in trouble at all. 
So that's something to be aware of. If you're in Japan or you're going to talk to about Japanese people, the laws have gotten pretty strict about what you're allowed to say about other people. You just want to shit on them and make stuff up. You could actually go to prison for that and you could go to prison for like a year. A Sapporo assembly speaker decided that it would be a really good idea to vote for himself. I think every politician does that. They go into the thing and they vote and everyone makes a joke about like, who did you vote for? <laughs> it's like a standard uh, media joke with the politician. I'm fine with that. Then he thought, you know what? I didn't get enough votes for myself for myself. I'm going to pretend to be my mom and then vote for myself again. Now, my initial instinct, what got me excited about this story was I was like, oh, did he dress up like a, a woman and go go and uh, vote for himself again, pretending to be his mother? Yeah, it didn't work that way, which would make sense. I think if I showed up to vote in a dress saying I was my mom, people might be suspicious. Uh, he took advantage of postal voting. So his mother is disabled. Uh, you, there's uh, Voters with disabilities can mail in their ballot. So he did that, voted for himself, and sent it in. Actually, doesn't 100% say he didn't vote for him, he voted for himself. I think we can make the assumption. How did they find out? And this is the one that maybe hurts the most. His mom ratted him out. So he took his mother's ballot, he voted for himself, he sent it in. You can kind of assume that mom would vote for her son, but that's not necessarily the case because if mom is willing to rat you out, that means mom might not be 100% on board with you being a politician. That might mean that mom was going to vote for someone else. So you stole her vote. So I think actually what happened here is she went to vote for someone else. He had already taken her ballot, voted for himself and sent it in. And she called the cops on him, which is, ah, it's insane. Here's someone who's made some, some bad life decisions, which is the, the heart and soul of Ninja News Japan, is people just continuing to make bad decisions. And we got to keep that going because I need content. Uh, he hits a guy in a scooter. He's driving his car. There's a guy in an electric scooter going down the road. He hits that guy. Uh, he would get enough points from this accident to have his license revoked. If he has his license revoked, he's not going to be able to go to work. I don't know where he lives with the situation. So apparently public transportation was not on the table for this. Or maybe he had a job where he had to drive. So losing his vice license was out of the question. He goes to a hearing to try to get a reduced sentence, to lose some of those points that he was uh, going to have put on top of him. He produces a letter written by the victim saying that basically he forgives him. This isn't such a big deal. You know, I didn't know. I guess that is a thing. Like if I can get the person I hit by accident to say it was an accident, he didn't mean it, he's a good guy, I could get a reduced sentence. Uh, kanji is hard. Kanji is the, the Japanese char uh, Chinese characters used in Japanese writing. And they're hard. I studied them and I've honestly kind of given up. I, I am thinking I should go back to school or something to do some uh, more practice and more speaking. Uh, sort of buck up my level a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm probably never actually going to learn how to read. It's just too much. Maybe when I retire, <laughs> I'll have the time to sit and study Kanji all day. Uh, I do not have that time right now. The cop notices the kanji for the man's name, his own name, is written incorrectly. As soon as the guy is pushed on it, he confesses that he wrote the letter himself. So he hits someone with a scooter. I don't know, probably some bad decisions were made in there. He decides to forge a letter 
does not check the name closely enough so he gets it slightly wrong, gets caught on that and immediately gives himself up. Uh, that is someone who needs to rethink all of their life decisions. All right, so this is the last story of the day. It is therefore the creepy guy story of the day. This guy, he's 22 years old. That's two, three stories today we have 22-year-olds. So they got their own thing going on. He went to the men's bathroom in a, a train station. And he took off all of his clothes. And then he hid them. So I don't know where he hid them. Maybe up on a shelf or something. He took all his clothes, folded them away, put them away so no one, no one catch them. He then sneaks into the women's bathroom. And he gets his smartphone out. He brought it with him. It wasn't in his pocket because his pocket's back in the clothes in the other bathroom. He gets out his smartphone and he starts trying to take pictures of women going to the toilet. A woman who's in the bathroom... I assume looks up. It's either over or under the stall, but the Japanese stalls go almost all the way to the ground, so that's going to be really hard, so it's probably over. She notices that uh, someone is pointing a smartphone camera over the top of the stall, uh, and she freaks out, as, you know, completely appropriate to do that. The guy, completely naked, runs back into the men's bathroom to get his clothes and get out of there. During that time, the woman goes to the station attendant Station attendant calls the police. There's probably police in the area. There's always police around sort of big stations. The police show up and they arrest the guy pretty, pretty easily. He wanted to take pictures of women peeing. He admitted that straight up. There is a big question in this story. And the big question for me is why did he take off all his clothes? So we can assume part of the reason he was caught so easily. He was going to get caught anyways. There's cameras. There's other stuff. Uh, if he had to use a ticket to get into the station or something, they're going to track all that. He's going to get caught. But he's going to get caught way more easily if he has to go into a bathroom, retrieve his clothes. Because I don't know where he hid them. I was actually thinking if he hid them in a stall and someone else was using that stall, he would have had to wait for that person to finish using that stall naked. It's the naked part that's always going to stand out because if someone else comes, I'm standing outside the stall naked waiting for the person in the stall to finish so that I can go in to retrieve my hidden clothing. Someone else comes in the bathroom, sees me completely naked. They're going to call the station staff too. What do I got going on? This is a big problem. So he goes back into the men's bathroom, has to put on his clothes. Putting on your clothes takes time. Like if he has shoes on, I, did he have bare feet? Oh, that's now the question. Being naked is one thing. Being naked with bare feet, trying to run around a station, you got to take off your shoes to put your pants on your underwear. <clears throat> yeah, this was a bad plan. So clearly for him and his fetish, being completely naked was part of the process. But the reality is that level of inhibition uh, to his escape, obviously not a personal inhibition because he's naked, the inhibition to his escape is so severe that it made it just a hundred times easier for the cops to catch him. So I understand that people with fetishes of this degree, their brains get kind of overwhelmed. But if you're going to commit these kind of crimes, this is Ninja News Japan, criminal advice of the day. You got to have an escape plan and that escape plan cannot include, I'm going to stop and take the time to put my clothes back on. That's just factually you have to have a plan of egress when you are going to commit your crimes. And if you don't have that, don't commit the crime. 
So plan of attack, there's ingress, execution, egress. That is the most basic plan. Each one of those has to be as efficient as possible. Uh, or just don't let your fetishes overwhelm you to the degree where you end up naked in a women's bathroom trying to take pictures of them peeing. 